Welcome back. We are have episode 13, our return episode after a very long time of the Epic Epod podcast. I'm your host, Perry the Pig. With me as always is my co-host here. Hello, this is Dread from Epic Builds. And today we actually have a special guest with us today. Perry, do you want to introduce him? Yes, we have we have Gregory with us today. Gregory, the, the formerly un, uh, unemployed Grohl. I almost said underemployed. But uh, <laughs> this this guy joined us during some of the, uh, what was it? Some of the Q&A dev streams that happened with Steel Mage and Zizarin over the past week or so, uh, highlighting what multiplayer looked like the first time on stream. And instead of clicking on your mastery and like walking through the entire uh, like shadow zone for that, all you do is you walk up to Greg and you click on him, he talks to you, and he gives you the mastery. So Greg no longer has a job, or didn't until five minutes ago, and now he once again has a job. So Greg's going to be joining us on the, uh, on the podcast here. Yeah, he was <laughs> fired by Scissorin. He realized no. that his job was useless, and then he got fired. Poor guy. Yeah. So It's okay, we'll love him here. So, so five minutes ago, we were talking about all the busted things that you can do in multiplayer, and we figured, you know, we should probably just start the podcast. We have enough things to talk about, enough exciting things that we've been doing, that we want to be doing, and we have some updates for what multiplayer is going to look like and some ideas for that that we've learned over the past week, thanks to uh, the devs having a Q&A stream along with Ziz and along with Steel Mage, um, answering some questions, some community stuff. It's been a lot of fun, like hearing, kind of like hearing a fresh perspective on all the things that we've heard from devs over the past, you know, year or so. We've had dev streams, we've had Discord, uh, the devs are very responsive to the questions you ask. So some of those questions, we know where the devs fall on them, but it's nice to hear like an updated, refreshed perspective on the things that they're working on, what is going to be in the game, what isn't going to be in the game, things like trade, which is a whole big old topic by itself. But before we get into that, let's let's back up just for a moment. Dread, what have you been up to? What what games are you playing? What's occupying your time these days? So after they announced the break that they were taking to work on multiplayer instead of, you know, uploading a patch, I actually ended up playing some Path of Exile because I was like, well, I might as well do something in these next few months because I'll be honest, I kind of deserve a break from last epoch, or at least I deserved one. You guys, if you know me, you knew that I deserved a break. And... Essentially, I just played a bunch of Path of Exile. I won't bore the details much there. Uh, between that, I did a Shadow Dagger Puncture Marksman. Essentially, you were applying Shadow Daggers with Puncture and with Smoke Bomb. And it was a fun build. It was more of a fun build. It was more of a proof of concept. The build isn't like entirely supported yet, hopefully one day. But it was great to play. And then after that, I played the next PoE League. And then finally, now that we have some actual news about multiplayer and stuff, I finally came back. And the first build I decided to play is Lethal Mirage uh, Blade Dancer. So essentially the concept is Lethal Mirage is kind of like Flicker Strike, but on a cooldown. You attack a bunch and it goes on cooldown and it has a really long cooldown, like 10 second cooldown. But you're invulnerable while you're attacking, right? The problem is you need as much cooldown recovery speed as possible to make the skill feel good. Right now, I'm sitting at a 6.5 cooldown for it, and it also subtracts 1.2 seconds of cooldown after you kill like six things, which is great while clearing. And that has gotten the skill down enough to the point where I can actually clear monoliths with the skill and feel okay. 
There's also, of course, Mirage AoE idols that allow for the lethal mirages to strike in a bigger AoE, which increases clear speed as well. And it's gotten to the point where it feels buttery smooth in maps, and I'm almost done with the build. I just need to go farm a Throne of Ambition and will be T4-Jer Leviable, I believe. I love watching you get excited about these. Like, we have multiplayer to talk about. We have mm -hmm. trade to talk about. We have numlocking skills to talk about. We have cosmetics to talk about. And you're sitting here getting hyped up about Lethal Mirage. It's I such love a fun watching you get excited about stuff. <laughs> it's such a fun build, man. So I'm great. glad you, you, you've you been showing me some pretty sick uh, clips about it as well. Yeah, so damage I, is there, definitely. The damage is ridiculous. So for reference, it's doing 200k hits, 200 to 300k hits on the dummy. And it hits 16 times in a row. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, so speaking of maybe other games, you mentioned Path of Exile. I want to throw out my other game that I've been playing a little bit of. It's uh, not quite in the action RPG genre, but I've been playing some <laughs> Gunfire Reborn because there was a <laughs> updated patch for that. They put in some new characters and whatnot. Gunfire Reborn is kind of like a single player Risk of Rain 2. It's I think I think it's easier to follow along with if you're like watching the stream than Risk of Rain 2. Because Risk of Rain 2, like it snowballs and gets like really hard to follow very quickly. In any case, the thing that I want to mention about Gunfire is they had this like new system that kind of like lays on top of the current system for the game. It's called like Jokels or Yokels. And it makes like it makes each zone more difficult. Instead, like, but instead of just adding like monster life, monster damage, they have like these new mechanics to kind of breathe life and breathe variety into each zone you walk into. Which is like funny for instance. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it kind of reminds me of like like some of the complaints that we have about the monolith system. It's like, how do you make things harder? It's like, give them more life, give them more damage. It's like, well, what if there were like interesting things going on? What if, you know, monsters exploded when they died? Or what if, you know, every time or like, what if what if every time you hit an enemy, like the first hit against the enemy made them invulnerable for one second? So like they had like a little like invulnerability shield on them or like after you killed them, yeah. they stayed alive for another half second. Like things like that. I think it was a really nice system in Gunfire Reborn. Yeah, like, for instance, there's a modifier in Gunfire Reborn that's absolutely hilarious to come across. It's when you kill, like, a mob, it either spawns into, like, a little lantern that's really easily killable, or into, like, a big shark that can, like, one-shot you. And it's very random because it's 50-50. So it's like you'll kill a pack of monsters and either a bunch of little lanterns that you don't care about will spawn, or a bunch of big sharks come and eat you. It's great. Could you imagine in Last Epoch, like, if you killed a pack of spiders, either, like, a bunch of Void Leeches spawn or a bunch of Diamond Matrons spawn? Just like, that 19 Diamond Matrons? Okay, so maybe yeah. we don't want 19 Diamond Matrons spawning on top I of I could other. see it being more like <laughs> Beyond, where if you kill enough monsters in, like, a AoE, it would summon a new monster. It'd be kind of like Beyond, right? It'd be, be kind of interesting. So I want to give a shout out to one more game. Uh, it hasn't had its its like end game update yet, but I'm still waiting for Slormancer to release some new stuff. Love that game. Wish there was yeah. more content in it. But speaking uh, of Slormancer, the 29th they're getting a big update. I thought it was well, the 27th, something like that. No, 29th. Yeah. I think it's the 29th, 29th, 27th, whatever. Same time. All right, <laughs> it's so around there. Let's let's move on to the bulk of the episode. I I could talk about Slormancer for a long time, but we're going to talk about the bulk of today's podcast. And that is uh, going over some of the information that we've learned from uh, the Ziz and Steel Mage Q&A multiplayer playthrough uh, that we had this past week. So we've got a couple topics laid out here, and we're just going to like, not, not blow through them, but we're going to go through them one at a time. And I think this first one's going to take a while. We've heard during these playthroughs 
that trade will be enabled for multiplayer. When the multiplayer beta comes, when 0.9 drops in a month or two, we still don't have a confirmed date for it. There's going to be trade. Dread, what do you think about that? So we have been confirmed on how it's going to work, at least in some degree. Uh, There won't be shared instance loot. Like, for instance, when I drop loot, you won't see it, but I will be able to give that loot to you in some form or capacity. We don't know how far that's going to go, but we do know that that system, their first version of the system, their first rough draft, is coming to the CT program in the next few weeks, and they're going to be working on it. And they said that this is just going to be the first version, and they're going to keep reworking it until they feel good about it. And hopefully we'll have a version of it soon. I'm not entirely sure if they confirmed it for the .9 multiplayer date, but I'm pretty sure that they'll shove it in somehow. So what what about the implications of this? Like, does this make you want to play Trade League? Does this make you like want to specifically not play Trade League? Are you going to go corner the market on movement speed boots or something? So... There's been a lot of conversations around the whole community about trade. The entire community has an opinion on it, you know, and a lot of it is either there's two camps. There's the no trade camp and there's the pro trade camp. Right. And we got to figure out what is the, you know, in between. It's like there's a lot of people are like, well, if they add trade, well, they have to balance the game around trade, which they probably won't. And then you have the other campers like, well, if they add trade, we don't want them to balance the game around trade, right? It's like, it's very, uh, very, very contentious. And my humble opinion on it is I like the idea of playing trade. Like, it's okay. It's cool. I don't need it, right? I don't need it. Harry doesn't need it. Calvara doesn't need it. People who've been playing the game for this long don't need trade to play the game in its current state because of the current drop rates and stuff like that. We can play the game and do all the content very easily. Now, the thing is, trade is going to be a lot better for people who don't have as much time as us because we're no lifers, right? People who only get to play four hours a day. They'll be able to achieve items much quicker and a much more paced fashion even though they're only playing like four hours a day so trade is a lot better in regards to the casual player now of course you will have those trade barons that like corner the market but depending on how they go about trade that might not even happen right yeah we've heard in the past the developers don't want last epoch to be a like economy focused simulator they've said like if you if you're drawn to games that have like you can corner the market on something and you can just sit in your hideout and trade everything. If that's what you're looking for in a game, Last Epoch is probably not the game for you. So that's that's the kind of information they've given us in the past about what they yeah. want to be in the game. They're going to try to keep that from becoming a reality. At least that's I, from what they I mean, said. I would like that. I'm a little bit excited about that. I don't, I don't yeah. really like trading that I much. Think, I think it's fine. What I like, I like this, this opinion has come up a bunch of times. And I think it would be the best way of going about it, in my humble opinion is making it so that uncrafted items or like unique items are the things that are being traded. And of course, gold. Like for instance, if you have an item drop on the ground and you don't touch it, you're like, hey, this would be great, just not for me. And you could trade that item freely with people, right? Until it's crafted upon and it would be bound, quote unquote, right? I think that would be if not the best way of going about it. Because when you drop bases, item bases, you're like, okay, well, I don't want this. I'm not going to craft on it. I'm going to sell it to someone else, right? Oh, I dropped this LP unique item. I don't want it. 
sell it, right? But if I want it, I'll keep it and, you know, or I go buy one. And then when I use it, it effectively deletes it from the economy, okay? And that would probably be the best way of going about it. Of course, you could, uh, of course, you could trade it for runes, glyphs, whatever, gold, whatever, whatever you think. But the items themselves would be in that regard. And I think, I think I like that setup. Now, I'm not entirely sure what the implications of it would be, but it would definitely be an interesting way of going forward. Mm -hmm. You meant I just had I just had like a a glimpse into the future. What do you think about this? What if? whenever you start something with what if my brain kind of turns off and what if but what if hear me out what if when you when you did an action on an item you couldn't trade it anymore but if an item had like no had had like never been touched before you could trade it and then if you used a rune of creation on something that new copy that just got created because you just mirrored the item to use poe terminology Mm -hmm. is considered like untouched yeah. Ooh, and then well, like you mirror something and then you can trade that one. The idea though, the idea, well, no, it doesn't work like that. Cause you can't keep doing that. Cause it deletes the crafting potential. But you just but go the, one time. It's fun. Yeah. But the idea with that is I would rather runes of creation be used by the player that needs it. Like for instance, let's imagine you're trying to make a really good LP pair. So you buy a bunch of LP items and an uncrafted exalted item. And you just, Use a rune of creation on that uncrafted exalted item after you craft it, then you have two chances and you can go buy two LP items. I'm I'm okay with that. That's like okay. That, that's the current think, use case for what, like rune of yeah, creation. I think that's completely fine. It's just like when you can buy the finish end game items, people will go crazy with it. I think making it so that you have to finish the product, you have to craft on it, you have to take the gamble on the item to see if it actually ends up becoming a good item or not. I think that is legitimately the best way of going about it. The only problem with this is when we introduce four LP items into the system because they <laughs> essentially become what you want. And I think those are going to be the mirror tier items. Those are going to be the expensive as all balls items. And I, if that's the case, I'm completely okay with that. I, I kind of don't like four LP items mm-hmm. because like one LP is like a, like a yeah. big gamble and two LP is like a medium gamble. And 3LP is a small gamble. And I'm okay with a small gamble. But 4LP is like... No gamble. Like notepad. Yeah. Like 4LP is just like, you take one Lego block and another Lego block. The limitation of 4LP is going to be the exalted item you use. So for instance, uh, you're probably going to save the double exalted item with the the modifiers you want on Mm -hmm. it. And that is going to be so insanely rare, even when you get a 4LP item, the item that you want to smash into it probably won't even exist yet. So it's like kind of, you know. Somebody's asking in Twitch chat live right now, how many 4LP items have been Dude, found? And they were both bad. No, me. no, no, no. Sorry. Oh, have been found? Yeah, like by anyone? Oh, a lot like of them. Lots, tons, right? So I, yeah. I have like five or six 4LP items. Two of them were good items. The rest of them were garbage uniques. But I mean, I have five or six of them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It scales off of how good the unique is usually, in terms of its LP. Except level. for the low level uniques like well, Grimoire, yeah. like Bleeding Hearts. I don't know. Yeah, so. of course, of course. <laughs> it it feels weird to say that Bleeding Heart is relatively easy to find with four LP, because it is relatively yeah. easy compared to you know, well, they have or their, something. They have their sights on Bleeding Heart. They've they've 
they've expressed their Good. discomfort with Bleeding Heart in the past. So. Maybe maybe it gives too much leech. Maybe we don't need 9% leech on an item like that. Yeah. That was made back in the day when people were doing 100 damage on the dummy. That mm. was not made for when we're doing 400k damage on the dummy. I want to I want to move to our next topic here. So, uh I I want to clarify there is a person in chat who's clarifying what I've said. So, trade is not confirmed for 0 0.9. But they said they want to put it in for 0 0.9, assuming that it's done. Uh, hopefully, I don't get, you know, uh, yeah. proved too wrong by that comment. But it, yeah. it seems like, like multiplayer is going really well. It seems like trade is going well. They want to put it in. That's their verbiage. Um, but technically not confirmed. So I'll, I'll add the, that little addendum. The biggest the problem with all of this is, like, for instance, me and Perry, we want to play in a group, right? I, I do. <laughs> and if if we can't trade items, then most of the time we're going to be playing by ourselves. There's no point in playing in a group. Oh, absolutely it, agree. Like it legitimately, it'd be better if we just played by ourselves because then we get more stuff done. I want to be able to go to make a T4 dungeon farmer, go farm the T4 dungeons for my party members while they go get their blessings or some shit. I want to be able to do that, right? That would be fun, right? And if no trade, then playing in a group completely ruins the experience, right? For a lot of different people, right? And it's like, well, what's the point? Like, oh, I'm playing with my wife and, you know, I got to level 20 and I dropped like this bleeding heart for her, but oh, wait, I can't give it to her. Haha, mm -hmm. -ha, I can just load it at her, I guess. I, I don't know. It's, that's, I don't know. That's multiplayer and being able to like, it's kind of like world build, like a world building fail. Cause it's like, you know, we're in the same instance, but we're not really. It's like No Man's Sky. Remember when No Man's Sky had the multiplayer thing, but it was like you were technically in the same world, but you weren't. You know, like it was like that. It, it feels like that. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying. So I, I guess we should touch on this as well. We don't have confirmation about this, but we're going to talk about it anyways. So we know there's going to be like a trade league where other people are in the same league as you, you know. You can play with them. Uh, currently, Path of Exile has SSF. And Last Epoch has Solo. And we kind of use those words interchangeably, but like they're very different. So Solo and Last Epoch means one character, one stash. So if you make a second solo character, you don't have access to the first solo character's stuff. In Path of Exile, I hope you know how it works. A lot of people play Path of Exile already. Path of Exile, uh, it's multiple characters, one stash. So we don't know whether there's going to be solo, where it's SSF or what, but it sounds like, based on some conversations in the, uh, in the Last Epoch Discord, it sounds like the devs are interested in having both SSF and solo, which for me sounds awesome. Like, I, give me, give me all of that. I would love to play SSF in Last Epoch. I don't really want to play solo. If there's only solo in trade, I'm going to play trade. But if there is SSF, where I can have multiple characters with one shared stash and no trade league, I would love it. That sounds great. They, they also the said account that in the found? future yeah, they want to. Sounds great. Oh, they also said in the future that they're looking into making like private leagues as well between Deal. people. Not not confirmed, obviously, but they're look. They want to do it eventually. They're 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 looking at like a million things. <laughs> yeah, I like that term. Account found versus solo. I like that a lot more. All right, so we're we're gonna talk about the second thing that we've learned about recently. So we have uh. We, we've heard from the devs during this, like during the Q&A multiplayer thing with Zizarin and Steel Mage, that 
that they're interested in doing non-traditional leaderboards. So instead of just like this person, you know, push the highest in the ladder, maybe like this person looks the coolest or this person has the most unique equipment or this person has the most LP on all of their gear. What do you think about non-traditional leaderboards? What comes to mind for that? Corruption grinding, 100%. It's just pushing corruption as far as you possibly can. There's going to be some some disgusting builds that will be able to push corruption like it's nothing. I think they'd be great. We're going to find those very quickly. Like who's who's actually getting to a thousand corruption? Who's getting to fifteen hundred corruption? Like corruption's kind of like like Dell from Path of Exile. It's like if you get to a thousand, like holy crap! Like that's a lot of corruption. Like, I too also only take one shower a week. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, there was there was some conversation going on about like keeping uh, experience relevant after level one hundred. What if they did most overall experience as like a non traditional leaderboard? So, like, you're still level 100, but you've, you know, you've accumulated this much extra experience on top of that. That would be interesting as long as, like, the XP comes from a decent place. If it's just from, like, for instance, T4 Arena of Champions for some reason, I would hate it instantly. It's like, <laughs> this person is the sweatiest. Like, this person is a super tryhard. Yeah. This I would person like I would decided to... Ruin their life by only farming <laughs> but, arena but champions. their name is at the top of the list, so that's very important. Yes, yes, very much so. I'm I'm into it. Uh let's let's talk about the next thing here. I I feel like trade took a long time, so we're gonna keep going. Oh, but yeah. uh we've heard that the devs don't want you to full clear a zone. So oh, in, in Path of this Exile, a right? Big discussion point. Pee Wee's a good one because uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back to Path of Exile all the time mm. because you know Ziz and Steel Mage are both big Pee Wee gamers, and like we are too. I guess I was, but so in Path of Exile, you need you need a map in order to you know start your next instance, and you kill monsters in order to get the map. And if you don't full clear the instance, you might not get enough maps to sustain your maps in Path of Exile. In Last Epoch, it's not quite the same. You already have infinite access to maps because you can just clear the next monolith node. So the devs said that they don't want you to full clear a zone, which currently lines up with what we do. We have this meta of objective rushing. You just kind of run to from point A to point B, you kill the boss, you do the objective, and you kind of just get out as fast as possible. So Dredd, what do you yeah. think about this? You know what's funny is like when you said about the, the PoE part, I was like, we're still going to have people on Reddit complain that they can't sustain monoliths for some reason. It would be hilarious. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, I mean, people always complain about not being able to sustain maps. They'll find a way. They will find a way. They find a way every league. Uh, so I am a very, very opinionated person when it comes to this. I, If you've been watching my videos for a long time, you'll know my opinions on this. Essentially... I despise the current state of objective rushing because it benefits builds that ignore monsters and focus on movement speed. And essentially, all of the good movement speed items right now are really bad outside of the movement speed they give. That's the balance that they have. So it's essentially a lot like the MF thing and Path of Exile where you just use worse pieces of gear to get a benefit, yada, 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 right? But I don't like that kind of philosophy. I don't like making my build worse to make it better suited for a farming endgame. And this would become the same thing. 
you would literally play the most efficient, fast, speedy build ever. You'd play a build that has enough defenses, ignore everything in the monolith, and move on. Oh yeah, that diamond matron? Not even going to give it the time of day. I'm just going to run past it. I can ignore all of its damage. I can just run to the objective, kill the boss real quick, because I chose a skill that does insane amounts of single target damage, like umbral blades, kill it in like five seconds, bam, next monolith. And I don't think that gameplay is healthy at all. I think it's very degenerate gameplay because it ruins build design. Because instead of being, oh, well, how many, like, how good is my build? It's just a, how fast is my build, right? And one of the solutions that I've heard from a lot of people is to make it like Diablo 3 Rifts. I know, oh, uh, where you kill a certain amount of monsters and then the boss spawns or and then the objective spawns or you need to kill a certain amount of monsters to leave the monolith without losing the objective or something like that and i think that would go a long way to making it a bit better instead of having it where you kill the least amount of things uh like just nothing right at all just other than the objective you have to kill a certain amount of things the quickest and that would make builds a lot healthier yeah, so there, there's some interesting stuff going on with how uh, Last Epoch works right now. And this is really important for people who are like new to the game or like just now checking it out over the past week or so. So I think I, I want to highlight two things about like the meta of how we work through Last Epoch. And number one is where the loot comes from. So when you click on a monolith node, it says like this node is going to drop, you know, exalted body armor. So like you're going to have five exalted body armor, whether you kill a thousand monsters or a hundred monsters. So just get out of there as fast as possible and you'll get the same amount of loot. They could change it. They could they could change it so that like monsters in this zone are more likely to drop exalted body armor and then you would full clear the zone. Then you'd have more. And they would, don't want that safe. either, though. They don't want that either. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. The, I, I think this would work the best where they would make it so that the reward thing at the end would scale with the you know, with the monolith, with the kills, like kind of like stability, but have it capped so that you drop more based on how much you kill up to a certain point. So you feel like as though you want to stay in the monolith for a decent amount of time, but not spend too long in it. You I don't think have that's to literally full approach. clear it. Yeah. I yeah. like that idea a lot. And so, make rares actually fill up the bar faster. That would be great. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, the, the second thing about that is like, the monsters that you kill along the way, they only give you random loot, right? Like, they don't give you loot based on the node that you're currently doing. So they made a change, uh, I guess, somewhat recently, maybe a couple months ago, where the leash aggro range of a monster is no longer infinite. So what you used to be able to do is aggro every monster, run to the end, and then a whole huge pack of monsters would chase after you, and then you could clear it then. But because they changed that, if you run past a diamond matron, Eventually, it's going to stop chasing you, which yeah, I guess is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, it, it continues to enforce the meta that we're seeing right now, where we just push through things. Like, people, they'll play their Devouring or builds and kill stuff on the way, but the most efficient builds will become anything that has more movement speed. Shaman, mm -hmm. ugh. ugh. <laughs> hey, Shaman has Storm Totem. Thank you very much. I know. Somebody in Twitch so chat here just speed. mentioned... I want someone, someone in Twitch chat mentioned my next conversation piece, which is random encounters. So the developers have mentioned that they're interested in adding things into, uh, into your monolith where like maybe this monolith or this node is more likely to spawn a random encounter. 
So you're more like you're more incentivized to explore that node so that you can find the random encounter that might be there. So that to me sounds like maybe you find Nico, maybe you find John, maybe you find like, you know, some kind of master mission from the world of Path of Exile. And that makes you want to, you know, uh, clear more content instead of just running straight to the end. Yeah. And that would be fine as long as the rewards were actually rewards, like exalted items, yada, yada, yada. And they could be like loot goblins. God forbid me using uh. that term. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the problem is they need to be rewarding. Like they need to actually be rewarding because if they're not rewarding enough, it doesn't change anything, right? Like if you run through a monolith and you see a secondary objective, drop five runes. Are you really going to waste your time on that? Are you really going to do so, that? So and the problem... Oh, go ahead. Um, the, the, what do you call them? The, uh, the shrines are kind of mm -hmm. like this already. Yeah. Like, the, the shrines could be... Like, there's one shrine that says, like, it spawns a bunch of scorpions around it. That could be something that morphs into one of these side objectives in the future. I love this comment. Hey, Perry. Hey, Dread. Did you know that Zizzard and Steel Mage are streaming multiplayer at last epoch? And why? It's a great question. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> question. It? You should ask Gregory. Gregory could answer that question. He yeah, has please, a, please direct he has, all questions toward Greg. Yes. He ha, he has some problems with it. He uh he got fired because of it. <laughs> so I do want to mention um the devs have said that early on, like they they knew they couldn't compete with the amount of content that Path of Exile already has available. So they wanted to structure their endgame in such a way that it allowed for flexibility of adding new things in the future when they have those things to add. And that scalability is totally built into the monolith system already. I think they did a really good job of that. So like, yeah, if they want to add in yeah. league content, if they want to add in extra random objectives, the current system that's in place is the perfect place to pepper those all on top. God, I just was thinking we should put some angry, like, like angry eyebrows on Gregory now. Greg's not mad. He's a happy dude. We brought up, we brought up the most traumatic experience in his life, being fired so, from his job. We mentioned this real quick, but I want to touch on it explicitly. Uh, talk about movement speed. Someone in Twitch chat also said, like, movement speed, movement speed, movement speed. Is movement speed balanced in Last Epoch? What, what do you think on that? Give me, give me a short answer here. I think movement speed is currently balanced. In last ebook, I, I think there's not too much of it. You can focus on it if you want. Uh, most classes have access to certain amounts of it. Haste is a good mod. Uh, you don't have copious amounts of movement speed to the point where the game breaks, unless if you're playing shaman and then, but then you're playing shaman and then you have shaman problems. But other than that, uh, yeah, movement speed's in a great spot. The problem is, is of course the reward structure, right? If the reward structure wasn't benefiting you from spamming monoliths like that, then movement speed would be a balanced stat. It's like, sure, yeah, you could run a tree ring, but you have no stats on that tree ring unless you have LP on it. Then, haha, you know. But then it's like, then you don't have a different, you know, LP item. There's there's actual balance to it. There's like a, a cost to running movement speed, in uh, most of the time, and like running storm totem. <laughs> but it's like. That is fine and dandy. I think movement speed and its current state is actually the most balanced it's been. And I know that's crazy to say in this current meta we're in, but it is. It's just everything around the movement speed is not. <laughs> so like the lower bound of movement speed is maybe 50, maybe 60. And the upper yeah. bound would be like 130. And like, honestly, all of those feel pretty appropriate for Last Epoch. 
I'm 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 pretty impressed with like movement speed feeling good when you have a little bit, when you have a lot of it, you feel rewarded for it, and nothing feels dumb. Nothing feels out of whack. Nothing feels out of place, right? So I think yeah. movement speed's in a really good spot. There used to be ways, like there used to be like the humming bee stuff, mm-hmm. but they Which got nerfed, that. of course. Yeah, yeah, that got removed. Whenever movement speed becomes a problem, they're very quick to remove it, and that's fine. Like the upper echelon of movement speed is like 200, 250, but this is like running every single thing in the book and not having any items, essentially, right? It's like running like all the MF you can, right? You're essentially not even playing a build at that point. You're just trying to go for as much movement speed as possible which i think is very balanced it's very easy to get a lot of it very quickly it's very easy to get to like 80 percent, which is like the sweet spot you can run like double movement speed boots like for instance today i crafted a pair of a terrace a terrace path with double movement speed which is really good it's like brings me up to 68 percent increased movement speed from like 48 that's great that's great i love that the mm-hmm. the feel of upgrading from like a regular pair of movement speed boots to a double pair of movement speed boots. If you don't know what I'm talking about, in last epoch, you have legendaries and, and uniques, and you can turn uniques into legendaries with exalted items. And essentially, uh, you can share modifiers. You don't have to, you know, there's no lockage in terms of modifiers. So you can have a pair of movement speed boots, like a like a unique pair, with another affix of movement speed on it, and they stack. And that is great because it allows you to have that upper echelon of investment when you feel like you're too slow. And it gives you a way of moving forward. It makes boots really valuable. It's going to be very valuable later on. Like farming spirits of fire is going to be one of the premier places to go. So it's like that, like the progression of movement speed from the start to the end is absolutely phenomenal. I like it. All right, let's uh let's move on to the next thing we have here. This is maybe a contentious topic. I wonder if you and I are on the same page about this. We'll see. What do you think about auto loot? No, so there's a, a conversation. Idea. There's a conversation going on. There's like there's <laughs> affix shards, there's gold, and then there's like normal items. And some of these things you pick up one by one, like a normal item. Some of these things you pick up automatically, like walking over gold. And some of these things you kind of vacuum. So like you pick up one and all the things in that area get picked up. So affix shards currently vacuum and they don't auto pick up like gold does. Is this a contentious topic to you? What What are your thoughts? Feel the weight, baby. Let's go. Break <laughs> I, your I, wrists. Let's go. No, I'm joking. Uh, so this is dumb. I, I'm going to be honest. This whole argument is dumb. Okay. Because it's like, we have a button that literally transfers your entire crafting inventory into your stash. One button, okay? You don't have to individually click on each one in your inventory. You don't have to individually click each one on the ground, right? And there gets to a point where you don't even pick up runes, uh, crafting materials. Right now, early in game, you pick up, you know, you pick up, pick up everything, right? But later in game, you don't pick up anything. You don't need Glyphs of Hope. You don't need Runes of Removal. You only pick up stuff when it's like a Glyph of Despair or something, or if it's a good item. So I think that this, uh, the problem, it, it becomes very negligible when you've played the game for more than two days. And I think that's the problem, is it seems like a problem until it's not, because people haven't gotten there yet, right? Early on, I could see it. You know, maybe they could, I don't know, 
make less shards drop, but make more valuable ones drop more. And you look what happened to Pee-wee when they did that. But still, like, maybe stacks of them. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like as though we have insane quality of life. And when I hear people tugging on the quality of life chain even more in this regard, I don't know. It just seems dumb. But I'm also, I'm, I'm also a person that have, like, good hands at least mostly good hands so yeah you I got good understand. strong wrists nice, nice. yeah I have, I have good strong wrists after my years of playing path of exile and my tusion rolling you know expedition but it's like it's hard for me to say exactly what should be the case but it definitely becomes much less of a problem in late game in late game you kill something Bam, it shoots out like 20 runes. And you don't even pick them up. You don't need them. Because most of the valuable ones, like levels and all that, you're pulling them off gear most of the time with runes of removal. Runes of removal has pretty much essentially invalidated the whole argument. Because you could essentially not pick up a single shard the entire game and only pick up runes of removal, and you would never have a problem, ever, with, with like glyphs sure maybe sometimes you have a problem but like what i do what i do i pick up items with t5 affixes that have affixes i want and i ruin of removal them until i get them and that's why i end up with so many glyphs and stuff like that right uh shards and that's the appropriate way of going about it sure shards dropping on the ground is great but they're not as impactful as people are making it out to be right I, I like your, the point you've made about. Uh, I'm gonna eat some fries while you I, talk I, about that. <laughs> I like I like the point you made about like uh, how much time you've spent playing a game. If you play Last Epoch for one day, which is the case for a lot of people who are checking out Last Epoch for the first time, and and all you do is like you walk over gold and it auto picks up and the shards don't auto pick up, that is a good piece of feedback for a player to give after one day of gameplay. But yeah, I mean, to, to me, who's played thousands of hours of this game, it's it's really not a big deal in the slightest. I, I, I don't mind. I didn't know that this was a contentious issue, but it's been brought up quite a few times now. So I, yeah. I, I like what the developers are currently doing, where like they want to wait until there's more players in the game. They want to open up the multiplayer uh, alpha to like a bunch of CTs right now. They want to open up to beta. They want to get a bunch of people playing the game and then listen to see if that feedback is the same. Yeah. Because I suspect that it won't be. I'll be honest. I think a better solution would be to have an option on the loot filter to hide the non-rare ones. Sure. And they don't pick up when you vacuum them. That would completely fix the problem. Because most people aren't even picking them up in Endgame. Uh, Jin, Jin for, for he had a, uh, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> he had a good point. It doesn't seem like there's a positive reason why crafting materials shouldn't be auto-picked up. That's true. There's no reason. There's no reason why they shouldn't just go right into your inventory instead of having to click multiple buttons. But there's also no reason why they don't have to be either, right? Like, this is like a... This this doesn't affect the end product in almost any way other than how many clicks you take. So now it's just an argument of how many clicks should I click to play the video game, Right. That's what the argument becomes, is like, how many clicks do I need? Do I need to click two? Do I need to click three times? Do I need to click four times? Do I need to click 60 times in case of Tusion, right? Like, how many times do I need to click to play the video game properly? And this is a contentious topic because of the autocast stuff and all that. So it's more like, uh, 
that's the question. It's like, how many clicks should you click to, you know, to get, get to, to the, the center of a of Kit Kat bar click. or whatever? Yeah, no, sure. what's the Wait, To get to the Kit Kat bar? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't remember. Lollipop, <laughs> whatever. So I, I, I just remember uh, I, I spent a lot of time not playing Path of Exile, and then I played it one time. And I remember, like, I, I jumped on a character. I jumped in standard just to see what it was like after six months of not playing the game. And I played, I did, like, I did a breach, and a bunch of splinters dropped on the ground. And I clicked one of them, and my character picked up one. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no! I have to click on each one individually. And I just, I had this sense of, you know, existential dread coming over me. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this. So... I mean, I'm I'm still pretty happy with like the vacuuming that happens. I I do wish that like maybe you could make the 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 text box for clicking on something on the yes. ground a little bit bigger. That is a suggestion because like I need. my mouse accuracy it ain't what it used to be, and I just wish uh, just a little bit bigger, and I'd be able to click on something without walking past it like an idiot. So I'd like that. Maybe that could be in the loop filter somewhere. Maybe the options yeah. menu, accessibility options, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, I'm the old, biggest chat. problem with all of this is it's really not up to us. This is one of those things that it's so inconsequential in the end that it's just a thing that EHG wants. Like, we can give suggestions, but in the end, they have the final say. It's like, if we all want vacuum, like, auto-vacuum loot pets, right? And if they don't want it for the vision of their game, oh, I used that word, ooh, right? Uh, it's... It's completely fine, right? They they have the right to make the game how they want to. So if but... they, so you and I both like the uh, the vacuum, and we like not auto pickup. Would you care if it was auto pickup? No, it would no. literally not change gameplay. <laughs> Me at all. neither. It's like all right. Let's Most of my on. good affixes come from runes of removal. Those are like the real shit. Let's let's talk about uh, the next topic here because you you already mentioned this topic a little bit. So this has been something that's been highlighted on Twitch because there's been a number of streamers who are playing a very particular build. Uh, there is a good conversation going on with numlocking skills. So first and foremost, I want to remind everybody in the audience, I uh, don't have numlock on my keyboard. So when I numlock something, I just hold down the button and it's fine and my wrists don't hurt anymore because I don't play Path of Exile and I love it. It's really no big deal. I have numlock on my keyboard. You see how dusty that part is? You see how dusty that part is? I got I gotta clean it. I know. I I plan to clean it tomorrow. So I think I think the most important thing to say about uh numlocking stuff in Last Epoch is when you're numlocking something, you are not making a decision about when to optimally use this skill. So something yeah. like something like Holy Aura on a Paladin, for example, it has half effectiveness when it's uh, when it's off, and then it has like its full effectiveness when it's turned on. So ideally, you only want to click on Holy Aura when you are um, when you're about to fight like a nasty monster. For me, I numlock it because the difference between those things doesn't really matter. So. What the uh, what the devs have said in the past about this is like okay, well, any time that a player numlocks it and doesn't numlocks a skill and doesn't care about the difference between it being on and off, that's a failure in game design. So yep. hopefully those kinds of things get changed in the future. And I Maelstrom think Maelstrom is already... the perfect example. Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Oh, Maelstrom. Maelstrom. When Maelstrom example. got changed, that was a really good change. Yep. 
Do you want to talk about that? I know you like Maelstrom a lot. So essentially, Maelstrom, back in ye olden days, it used to just deal no damage, and you numlocked it with the instant cast node. It's just like a stack of BV around you, and it gives a lot of buffs. It gives haste, frenzy. It's essentially like the savior of all primalist builds, right? Because, you know, I'm a movement skill, so those buffs matter. Now, everyone would just put it on numlock and just walk around with it and just sustain their mana with it. And that was every, seeing every single peop, uh, person would do that. Even I would do it, because it didn't matter, right? You just had it on, it was great. Now, the problem is, ESG doesn't want the game to be like that, and I completely agree. I'm still going to use it, but they don't want it to be like that. So what they did was they made it so that they removed the instant cast node, they made Maelstrom just deal more damage, so you can actually play it as a skill to deal damage, which is great. And then they added a node that's like Unleash from Path of Exile. If you don't know, uh, essentially, when you're sitting still, you get stacks of Lagan Slumber, up to three. And when you cast, you get three extra casts of Maelstrom on top of that for four stacks. And you only pay for one stack. And that is a lot more interesting than putting on autocast because it's like every three seconds, oh yeah, let me turn on Maelstrom. Oh yeah, let me turn on Maelstrom. And you end up with more stacks for less effort and less mana than the autocast version. It's superior, right? It's an easier way of dealing with it, right? So in theory, that should be the way to go with every skill. The problem is you have skills like Devouring Orb that get insanely low cooldowns, and it's kind of just hard to, like... Like, even without instant cast, people autocast it because, well, they're essentially lazy, and they don't get punished for it because, like... Stopping to cast, that only becomes important later on in higher corruption when things actually can one-shot you. Like, Lizard was having that problem earlier. You know, stop to cast, your Devouring Orb and 700 corruption. Oops, something hit me. I'm dead. And that would, that, like, if the game was harder, that problem wouldn't even be a problem because no one would even think about it. The problem is everyone's do, doing, like, 100 corruption right now. They're like, oh my god, this is so nice. But as soon as they get to 300, they're like, oops, I died because... I casted it at the wrong time. I, I have like definitely died in hardcore competitive tournaments by auto-casting a skill that isn't instant. And I'll do it again until they fix it. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I die like that all the time. And I think the risk is probably still worth it. Yeah. And essentially, like, the problem is, right, there will be those people that do it. There are people who numlock auto lunge. There are people who do that. <laughs> there, there's always people that are going to do that, no matter what you do. And one of the points that I want to make for this topic is recently, a, I mean, a while ago, actually a while ago, God, it's been forever. God, I can't, I keep forgetting that I've been playing this game for like two years. So like when I think like, like yesterday, I think like two years ago and I was like, Oh, Oh yeah, that is a while ago. Uh, so I was playing that hammer throw build that like deleted its mana, right? When you're zero mana, mm -hmm. I had auto cast sigils that actually had a purpose because I wanted it to auto cast to suck up all my mana. Sure. I could press the button, but it doesn't matter because 90% of the time I'm not pressing the button because it's negating my mana. Now, this means that there is a reason to have that kind of stuff in terms of a toggle. Like, imagine if there was a node in sigils that made it so you cast a sigil per second, 
but you know it costs the mana and then you click it on or off i think that's a an appropriate way of going about it like imagine if devouring orb had a note in it that made it so that you cast like a devouring orb every second but they have like 30 percent less duration or what, whatever they got to do to balance it to get the same amount of devouring orbs but it costs mana per second so you'd have to run mana regen you'd have to have a way of sustaining it yada 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 right or however they want to go about it imagine turning it on as a toggle instead of having to put on autocast wouldn't that be a better way of going about it than having to like you know put it on autocast stutter step and all that right i i want to highlight two skills that i think are excellent examples of things that you could technically autocast and one that i do but are much more impactful if you don't so when i was a new player i tried to god you are eating those fries <laughs> Sorry. when i was a new player i i numlocked um flame word on a mage and these days i would tell you that that's the worst thing to do flame ward is a absolutely busted layer of defense and if you're numlocking it you are losing out on that so flame ward's a great example of like before you, you came around you what? used to be able to before you came around there was a time where flame ward had such a long cooldown i mean such a low cooldown and mm -hmm. long duration that you could numlock it with enough investment so and you could I guess maybe maybe thankfully time. that that changed, right? Yeah, that has right changed. Now, yeah, now it's just really high impact, very short cooldown, like it should be. Yes, yeah. Flame Ward is a great example of a defensive skill that you absolutely do not want to to uh, numlock. The other skill that I want to call out: this is a skill that I numlock regularly, and it's much more impactful if you don't. But it's got it's got it's got an excellent like risk versus reward for how you use it. And that is a primalist skill, Warcry. If you numlock Warcry, you're pretty good. Like, it's got a lot of buffs that it gives you. It can proc Maelstrom. It can, it can keep you above the six Maelstrom threshold for getting Frenzy and Haze. It gives you some healing. It gives you some other stuff. So, like, Warcry is really pretty okay, even if it's not instant cast, to numlock. However, if you don't numlock it, you can use it for invulnerability for one second. And it is incredibly impactful for you can mitigating. also use it to pull yeah you can uh, it, and and using it in that way to like like mitigate damage specifically is really really impactful when you're doing arena you can you can in vulnerability you can like iframe for that one second the one shot ability from jura in the temporal sanctum like it's it's a huge ability right but you could just numlock it so i think i think that's a good example of like uh, risk versus reward of like something you couldn't unlock, but you don't really want to if you're playing optimally. So that's the kind of thing that I would like to see going on in the future. Because right yeah, now, we like that. when you cast Devouring Orb, like you're playing a normal Orbit Devouring Orb build, when you cast it, what happens? You get a Devouring Orb. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> happens. So why not unlock it, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a really passive skill. So, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot to say about numlocking, but I'm, I'm hopeful for their designs in the future. Because the new stuff that they've designed, like like the Warcry stuff, like the Maelstrom thing that they just reworked, it's got a lot of signs of good good design. And I like we're just making skills not get to that point in the first place. Yeah. Too that's a good way of designing it. Like for instance, uh, shoot, like recently, like Surge, for instance, uh, it's very strong in a lot of different capacities, and you never want to numlock it because. It's very good to like choose when you use it specifically for using it for damage. 
like you have a long cooldown and you got to make sure you're hitting stuff right right mm. so let's let's talk about one more thing this this is my last item in the list of like zizzerin slash steel mage developer q a stuff <clears throat> we got cosmetics that are coming Ooh. in 0 0.9 really i'm a little bit excited Wait, about this do i get to buy them or do i have to buy them or well, it depends if you've been playing in the vision gl weekend events because remember oh. remember oh. if you've been doing well in those vision gl weekend events that are currently on hold but they used to be happening every weekend i think i got like some because i got second place recently yeah, those those had like monetary rewards to them. You're gonna have MTX, you know, dollary dues added to your account. I am excited for some cosmetics. I'm gonna go buy some stuff. I'm gonna go buy some recolors for my skills. Gonna make my devouring orb look red. Woo! It's gonna look so good. Yeah, I'm gonna. So essentially, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make myself look like Gregory the Girl Girl oh here. <laughs> <laughs> what what's what's the cosmetic that you want? to be in the game for 0 0.9 like we, we have no idea we have absolutely no information about this what's the what one I thing want? you're like god i hope they have this a holy devouring orb yeah me too I, I want i want a recolor of divine that's all i want oh it'd be so that cool that looks like the other the problem is they've stated this a bit they've talked about this what do you mean gregory's been quiet he's been talking the whole time open your ears do you speak droll come on jim <laughs> no so their problem is, and they've stated this with, uh, I would want Gregory as a pet too. That'd be great. Uh, so <laughs> I keep getting, <laughs> okay. So with the loot filter, their reasoning behind the loot filter, not having sounds or like everything modular in that regard where you can't change the sounds or anything is because they want the game experience for everyone to be the same. They want you to go to a Twitch stream and not see Maven, you know, exclaiming interesting words when an exalt <sighs> drops, right? They want you to not go to a stream and hear gachi sounds when some wisdom scrolls drop, right? They want the experience to be the same, right? Well, they don't want you to have custom sounds that that's the thing, right? They said they'll make new sounds, just not custom ones. And the reasoning for that is they want the experience to be the same across all last epoch, right? And the cosmetics can definitely be one of those things that ruin that experience. Like, for instance, imagine if you had, like, a holy devouring orb, right? And someone comes to your stream, Perry, and they've only played regular devouring orb. They don't know the existence of that cosmetic, right? Or like, what the heck is this? Is this a new skill? It looks like holy abyssal echoes. You know, like the, the, you know, fire abyssal echoes. Can I have this? Can, can there be a holy devouring orb? Right? And they'll think that. And that will kind of ruin their vision in that regard, I believe. So they got to like, they're not going to add like, you know, like super futuristic MTX probably. They're going to keep it, you know, story friendly, you know, or what, what is it called? More friendly. More yeah. friendly, sure. Yeah. They're not going to like go crazy with it. Like we're not like... And the problem with that is they always got to think about that because if they're going to do this, they got to do it right. Like, I don't want to see like 20,000 different kinds of wings that all look like metallic. This, or, or like mechanical, this reminds right? me of like the very, very, very old original MTX in Path of Exile. Just give me some recolors. 
Give me, give me yeah. like a green weapon. Give me a, a blue lightning blast. Effects, effects are fine. Yeah, yeah. Just, just give me just, some of that. Stuff. Nothing that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like for instance, in Path of Exile, there's like a saw blade EK or like saw blade like BV. Imagine if you had like a saw blade maelstrom. That would not fit whatsoever. I don't want that. Right. Yeah. You, you, and I'll, that's I'll like take the it. Kind I'll of take stuff. that ten years from now, but I don't want that right now. It's fine. It's fine. So that that about covers what we've learned and what we thought was interesting to pull out from the Zizzerin and Steel Mage Q&A dev stream multiplayer stream Twitch stuff. We have one more thing that we want to talk about. There was a forum post from the developers. They said, hey, we still we're alive. We're still making updates to the video game. And they told us a little bit of information about what they're planning on doing with ailments. So we're going to talk for just a couple bye moments. Bye poison. We're going to talk for just a couple moments about this. Um, poison's a good one. We can start there. We know that poison applies a debuff to enemies where it lowers their poison resistance. As you can guess, poison in multiplayer in its current state would be absolutely busted. You would have enemies with negative a million poison resistance. And that's a little bit strong. So we know, for example, that they're going to they're not going to limit the maximum stacks of poison, but they're going to limit how many stacks of that debuff can be applied by poison to an enemy. So it's going to be like 30 stacks there. They said similar things about other kinds of shred, notably uh, lacking uh, mention of armor shred. So we'll see if that happens as well. So, yeah, uh, I guess I've, I've got one thing that I really want to talk about, but let's start there. So what, what what's your response on that? Um... I really hope that they're careful with this because this could very easily delete a lot of my most favorite builds in the game, Surf and Strike being one of them. Surf and Strike is Surf and Strike, like, you know. Uh, it is on the cusp of viability. It always has been. It's just good enough to do all the end game, right? And the problem is, the reason it is, is because of poison and how strong poison is, right? Like, for instance, Aspect of the Viper gives poison effect, yada, 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 which is insanely strong. The problem is if they nerf poison on a general, you know, playing field, builds that were carried by poison to function, like Surf and Strike, they will no longer function in a good way. The only reason Serpent Strike even sees any play is because it does enough damage to actually do things thanks to poison. If it if it wasn't for the poison, it'd be absolute hot garbage. Right? You can't use it for anything else. There there yeah. is no other poison or like Serpent so, Strike build. If they mess up, it'll suck for a patch or two. It they will did suck say they, they did say that they're gonna off the base damage of poison to compensate for this they, they've mentioned that in a couple places i wonder yeah. how it's going to turn out we don't we don't know because we're not playing multiplayer we don't have access to this information we're not we're not community testers you and i are just yeah. content creators so if they get poison to the same level that bleed is right now i think it would be very healthy i think it would be fine it wouldn't be any problems <clears throat> the problem is if they get poison to the point where like ignite is or worse than so <laughs> speaking of non-poison ailments this is the thing that i want to mention because this was in a forum post so currently in last epoch 
if you're playing a bleed build, for example, you want to spec into like physical damage. You want like your, your more damage multipliers. You want your penetration. You also want bleed effect. So bleed effect or ignite effect, uh, they give you, it, it's kind of like base damage. It's a more multiplier. It's a unique more multiplier. And if you don't have bleed effect in your build, you really want bleed effect in your build. Uh, because it's literally a more multiplier. That's being That's changed to penetration. With they're chain they they they've said that they want to change like bleed effect and ignite effect and poison effect. They want to change effect to be penetration instead. So instead of being instead of being a unique more multiplier to your damage, it's going to be a multiplier an additive. It, it's 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 additive with other sources of penetration that you can get in other places. I, Which is a every huge single, nerf. Every single ailment build is going to have less damage because of that if there's no other changes. Every now, single one. I, I, I guess ailment builds are pretty good. Like, we've seen some really strong ailment builds recently. But, like, I taking off a more multiplier, kind of, wow. I think with the ailment builds, I think they're kind of, like, I don't know, overrated in some cases. I think ailments are fine. I think if you have to ramp your damage for four minutes... To get good damage, like I don't think that's good at all. Don't get me wrong. It's like, yeah, sure, great. Because like the instant 200k crit isn't going to kill stuff faster, right? Ooh. It's you know, that, that's think... a really important thing to talk about. So we we have people who are like like new to Last Epoch. They're just checking out the game and they see like all these clickbait numbers that are on YouTube from you. Wait, no, from other people, not you. What do you mean me? <laughs> but so when you're looking at numbers, no, you're you're, you're not looking at DPS, you're looking at a damage tick. You're looking at the biggest number that you can get to pop up. So for bleed, for example, if I'm playing a bleed build, I'm going to attack the dummy for like five, six, seven seconds, and then I'm going to see what's the biggest damage tick number that I can get to pop up, right? On a crit build, you're going you're gonna to hit the monster once or twice, or you're going to hit the dummy once or twice and see what the biggest number is. And that number is happening every time. So critting multiple times a second for 200k is insane. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, but on a like, dot build, like current, yeah. current last epoch, if you want an example of like what a good damage number is, if you can get a bleed tick of 200k, your build's good. Good enough. It's good enough. It's fine. Clear all content. No big deal. Your T4 drill kill will be a little slow, but other than that. We don't need bleed ticks of like 1 million. They're I mean, possible. I would like... <laughs> like that on something like Umbral Blades. That would be fine. Mm. Like on a build that's specifically built to do that. But every single bleed build ever shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, bleed, bleed ticks of 200k. Awesome. Uh, you know, totally viable. The build's good. Critting multiple times a second for 200k. It's really different. and It's pretty strong. Yeah. Most of the time, it's more like 100k, but it's the same thing. It's mm. like, yeah. And that's like the problem is like right now there's like a very fickle balance. Well, quote unquote balance. It's not really balanced because poison, but the other ailments have a, a, a very fickle balance, right? In terms of viability and all of it is like sitting on like the top of the, like, like a, like a tack, right? And if there's any change whatsoever, the whole meta change, like remember when they added the frostbite uniques and like it became the number one ailment for a bit or mm -hmm. well, other than poison, uh, minus the stupid set helm, we'll ignore that, right? And the problem with that is, is like, for instance, putting effect from 
effect to like pen, that becomes additive with all other sources. And of course, shred is being nerfed from 20 stacks to 15 as well. So that's also going to affect it. So you have all these modifiers that are, that are just being straight up removed. And unless if, you know, they do something like, oh, it's 10 stacks? Oh, it's even worse. Yeah, so, so shred currently goes 20 to stacks 20. times oh. 5 per stack oh. is 100. So you can take a, take, a, take a monster from zero res to negative 100 res. It's going to go to 10 Ugh. stacks instead. So it's going from zero to Ugh. negative you're 50 gonna, instead. You're going to need to get better at using armor tread, guys. You're going to need it. Woo. But uh, but yeah, it makes pen a lot better. But still, like, you know, and we're going to have pen with the bleed and all that. But we could have had that before. We had resistance shred and pen before. And we also had effect. And we also we'll still have duration, right? And it's like... You're removing, like, essentially 100% more damage multiplier, right? Like, your 200k tick bleed build that barely functioned in endgame, guess what? Now it does 100k. Have fun. Or 120k. We'll, we'll see how, like, with this This is kind of armchair Like, we don't have the numbers. We're yeah, not playing yeah. the builds. This is, this They're going to make some compensation do, stuff. This is, but, this is assuming all they do is turn effect into pen. This is, I, like, I'm, with, I'm like skeptical. one-to-one numbers. I'm skeptical and I'm excited to play with yeah. it and see how it feels. I think they're not going to, I don't think they're going to like ruin the game with this. It's just like, this is like I said, very thick, fickly, you know, like they could very easily make like, Oh my God, ignites the best ailment all of a sudden, because it's the only one with like realistic numbers, you know, like they could very easily do that. Right. Like it's an accident, you know, Mm-hmm. And that's that's how that's how fickle the balance is right now in terms of ailments. Like, because the numbers are multiplicative so hard right now, but now they're removing one of those steps. So now it's like, well, I guess the thing that with the most duration is going to be the best. And it's like, well, ignite and bleed will win then, because poison has no duration scaling barely, right? So ignite and bleed will be the new kings. So, I, I that's that's the end of my uh, my list of topics here for our podcast. Is there anything that you want to sneak in at the end? Anything you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, uh, one thing I want to talk about on the 29th after we've played Slormancer for a bit, we might make a Slormancer episode of Epic Slormancer episode. Slormancer, yeah, chat, you ready? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, chat. Sure, if, you haven't, if you haven't played Slormancer, go type it in, go look at it. It's a great game. Yeah, let's, 29th let's, new update. Let's pose one question for you. Uh, if if 0.9 drops tomorrow and there's no buffs, there's no nerfs, they're just like, hey, by the way, here's the game. What build do you want to league start? This is league number zero. Unofficial league number zero. What are you going to play? First build. Probably going to be Flame Wraith Necromancer so I can do T4 Jirla farming. Pretty busted build. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what else are you really going to do? You know, it's like, I, I want to be able to do some dungeon farming. I want to be close. Probably not the first T4 Jirla kill, but very close. Why, wow, you're going to know life that hard? Ooh, I've been okay. playing this game for two years. I hope I would be able to do that. Drays <laughs> are busted, man. You just get enough damage, bam, done. I, I would die. like to play uh I, I mentioned this the other day on stream, but there's the Soul Feast build. And uh it uses like hungering souls off of Death Seal for single target and like you know, infinite yeah. armor because Soul Feast is busted like that. Apparently, I think, I think that would be my first now. build if I were like league starting tomorrow. That build is so easy to play. Yeah. 
I could see that. It's pretty good. I would want to start Cold Dot Werebear, but my problem is, is like, like it would be great. It's just, it's not. Cold Dot Werebear doesn't mesh well with the current meta currently, with like the objective rushing. Like, if we're going to just be complete meta nerds, it would be some rogue with like an insane amount of movement speed and Umbra Blades poison. I mean, he, he, he does mesh pretty well with meta, right? He's just like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He just like runs to the yeah, objective, right? It's not really fast, though. You oh, just, I mean, you can't I, get as my, much my movement issue speed. With I'm telling you, the movement speed matters way more than any clear potential whatsoever because my, you get more, more, more things with more done things done in an hour, and movement speed affects that directly. While clearing doesn't really affect that. My it my issue, slows you down. my issue with cold out Bear, Somebody mentioned that um, it's if if last epoch were balanced, cold out Bear would be like. Excellent. It'd be like that'd be your your cold yeah. snap vortex, cold damage over time, occultist, it's a, a plus build. league starter build, right? <laughs> if last epoch were balanced, it'd be a great build. It'd be a, it'd be a solid A minus. You know what I mean? A a mm-hmm. A to A minus. But like, there's ten or fifteen builds that are just dumb. You know? Oh yeah, I know. Way stronger, like triple quadruple S tier because they're busted. You know they yeah. they. They're not balanced. Last Epoch is not a balanced game. And like, are they going to nerf every single one of them? Are they going to catch all of those things? Are they going to balance this and this and this and this? Maybe. But if they don't, I'm going to play one of those. Because I want a strong build. Oh, wouldn't you want to play Yo-Yo's Static Orb? Come on. (sighs) That's like a whole other episode of the podcast. Okay, so we'll have the Slormancer episode. And then the episode after that, I'll just complain about the Yo-Yo's Static Orb nerf. Can't I don't wait. even have to be here. I could just go do something else. And we'll just complain <laughs> about it the whole so time. Sad. Gregory right, will be in, your only listener. <laughs> in any case, that'll that'll uh, wrap it up for episode 13 of the Epic Epoch podcast. Dread, thank you so much for joining me here. Anytime. This is uh this is a nice time. Oh, to, like, also, oh, Gregory, thank you for coming here. Thank, thank, thank you. For, uh, I'm, I'm glad that on. we could give him a job, you know, employ this guy here. Mm-hmm. I, did they really put a top hat and googly eyes on him, bro? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I put the googly eyes there. <laughs> I like. I think the googly eyes were a nice addition to it. it it's hard to mm-hmm. see what the face is if you don't have the googly eyes there. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, chat, thanks for being here live. Remember, you can always catch this on Spotify. You catch this on YouTube as well. Those links are in the description of this video, and then we'll have those in chat as well in case you want to see the previous episodes. So, thank you for being here. appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Bye.